You're listening to the American Home Contractors Podcast. This episode was originally edited for YouTube and may include moments or references that make better sense with a video component. You can find this episode under the same title on the American Home Contractors YouTube page. Now, on to the show. So this is a premium roofing product, right? How expensive is the actual product and how do I justify this investment? So yes, this is a premium roofing product. You can tell by how beautiful it is. If you've ever seen one in person or photos or videos of it, you can tell it's not your ordinary roof. The way to compare it would be to compare it with a premium roofing product such as slate or tile or something like that, another high-end product, not your average you know, architectural or three-tab asphalt shingle, but also installing solar panels on top of that. If you compare and contrast those two things, then yes, the, the Tesla solar roof is by far a better option than the latter. You know, you don't want to have a high-end roofing product covered by solar panels. The cost of maintenance and ownership over the long run is going to far outweigh the cost of the Tesla solar roof, not to mention the tax credits. The tax incentives for solar are great. You know, currently they're 30% investment tax credit for the federal. And you can apply that to the roof as well where the solar is going. So it actually makes a lot of sense. Since it's an integrated product, everything is built together. So when you take the net costs of installing a Tesla solar roof or any integrated solar roofing product in general compared to solar panels on top of a roof, they're very, very comparable. And in a lot of cases, it's actually less expensive to get the integrated solar roof as opposed to a roof plus solar on top of it. So yeah, I would say the return on investment is much better with a Tesla solar roof if you're interested in a premium roofing product that has solar in it as well. So how do I justify this investment? So justifying an investment, I think, boils down to the return financially, but there is also an aesthetic component of that, you know, the curb appeal of the, the house. This product looks a lot better than traditional panels installed over the top of a roof, and it will increase the value of the home, which you don't get taxed on, right? So after you install a Tesla solar roof, the property value is going to go up, but you're not notifying anybody of that increase, that appreciation. So you're not getting taxed on it. Your property taxes aren't going up. So that's a hidden value and benefit that most people don't look at. You should keep that into consideration because if you go down a neighborhood and you see a Tesla solar roof compared to an architectural asphalt shingle roof with solar panels on top, all things considered equal, most people would want to have the, the house with the Tesla solar roof installed on it. It looks much better. It stands out. It's like, wow, that's, that's incredible. That looks great. What does it do? And once you learn that it, it produces clean electricity and it's all integrated, it's like, wow, that's amazing. You couple that with a battery and then you have energy independence. How do you value energy independence? I mean, that could be in a lot of cases priceless. Having a battery backup with solar means you have power compared to people that don't, that are attached to the grid that's down. You know, so energy independence is it's hard to put a dollar amount on that. And everyone's time is valued differently. So somebody who values their time very highly doesn't want to go down, doesn't want to be without power, without internet. They're going to value being connected 24-7 a lot more than somebody who's more or less indifferent about that. 
somebody that can say, oh, I can just go to the library and go to the Starbucks or eh, if we lose power, I'll just read a book. You know, some people need to be connected for business activities, for meetings um, or just leisure, you know, and someone may value that that small amount of leisure time they have differently than somebody else that has more leisure time. So it's really hard to put a dollar amount on that. I would say energy independence varies from one indiv individual to the next. I value energy independence very highly. So the Tesla solar roof coupled with the battery is a very valuable product to me. So it more than justifies the price tag with it, not to mention the aesthetics, the functionality, the integration, the warranty, all that has great value. And if you want to look at it through the financial lens, then you have to look at the cost that you're spending on the Tesla solar roof. You have to take away the incentives, right? So the 30% federal tax credit, any state and local incentives you have, not to mention any SRECs, solar renewable energy certificates that the system produces over the lifetime of the system, which is another you know gift that keeps on giving as the system continuously produces year over year over year. You have to take all that into consideration if you're looking at it straight through the financial lens, which is difficult because then you look at it compared to your utility bill and what you would be paying the utility company for the electricity. Because right now, when you spend money on solar, you're essentially locking in your electrical rate for that electricity that you're going to be producing for the next 25, 30 plus years. And the utility companies are increasing the costs. So you have to build in an escalator as well, it's called. You know, it varies depending on which state and county and locale you live in, but traditionally three, four, five percent escalators are built in as an assumption of the energy prices passed on from the utility companies. So you can hedge against those increases year over year over year over year by locking in your rates with the solar that you're purchasing today. So a lot goes into it. It's not as easy as saying, hey, I'm spending $100,000 on this solar project. It's going to take a lot of $300 a month utility bills to pay for that. Well, okay, subtract out the incentives. Obviously, if you're still at $100,000 and you're at a $300 a month electricity bill, utility bill, think about what that utility bill is going to be next year and five years from now and 10 years from now and 15, 20 30 years from now, what is that utility bill going to be? You're going to be spending that money with the utility company. So it really is a trade-off between spending the money on an investment like solar or giving the money to the utility company and being energy dependent on the utility company 100%. You're very vulnerable. You know, if the utility company, the grid goes down, you go down. So do you want to be left in that situation where you're dependent on the utility company 100%, they want to raise the rates, they can. There's nothing you can do about it. It's not like you can get another grid built and sent it to your house, the electricity sent to your house. You can't do that. You know, you're beholden to the utility companies, the energy providers. And the only way that you can do something about that is by going solar and taking control over producing some of that energy yourself. So the return on investment, a lot of, a lot of factors go into that. And it just really depends on the individual and what they value. You know, it's not just financial, it's, it's time, it's dependence, self-sovereignty, all that stuff goes into it. So you got to keep in mind all those other variables.
So this year, especially the start of 2023, the Inflation Reduction Act has been a term that has been floating around the solar community. What does the Inflation Reduction Act provide for people who are interested in solar and interested in maybe buying batteries or actually putting a solar roof on their home? So the tax incentive, the investment tax credit went from 26% to 30%, right? And depending on your situation, how much solar roof you're installing on the house, you may be able to apply the 30% to the entire project or at least part of the project. You know, that's a big, that's a big incentive. 30% is a big number at the end of the day. You know, $100,000 project, if you're applying 30% to that, that's $30,000, reduces it to 70,000, right? So that's a big win, you know, and that's gonna stick around for a long time. Uh, on the battery side of things, uh, it really depends on the state and local incentives. Some states we work with provide a 30% credit on clean energy storage products, and sometimes it's capped up to $5,000 or whatever, but the local governments, state governments, federal government, they're all moving towards renewables. They understand that the future is solar, wind, batteries, electric vehicles, I mean, that is the future. It's not like you have to really speculate these days anymore. <laughs> you know, all the vehicles are moving to electric, which is going to require more electricity to be produced and sent through the grid, which is great for more and more people to get solar on their house. So they're producing more of that. So we're not relying as heavily on the grid system with this excess energy need that we're, we're going to have. And most people don't have the property or the, con the wind conditions around them to have a wind turbine installed in their backyards. But most people have ample amounts of space on their roof that they can install solar, whether it's solar panel or solar roof. Again, solar roof fits on most roofs. And even if you're in a situation where you have some trees around the house and some shading, Usually there's a mounting plane or two where you can fit some solar roofing tiles on it. And even if you have a small system, in many cases, that's better than no system at all. Again, it provides some energy independence, especially when you couple it with a battery. You know, a small system with a battery still provides you with backup power for at least the essentials in your house. So again, you're not 100% dependent on the utility company and you lock in the price of that electricity at today's rate with whatever the purchase price of your solar system ends up being. So I grew up in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and Pittsburgh is notoriously cloudy. <laughs> it may be one of the cloudiest cities, if not the cloudiest city in the country on an annual basis. If I'm looking to install solar, does it make sense to install it in a cloudy city like Pittsburgh? Is there benefits to installing it, even though I may not be getting direct sunlight for the majority of the year? Sure, because it doesn't require perfectly bright blue skies to produce clean energy from the solar panels. The technology has evolved to the point where the sun shining through those clouds, you can actually produce a decent amount on a somewhat cloudy day. Now, it can't be pitch black outside or you know thunderstorming and raining. You're not going to have much, if any, production on those days. But even on a somewhat cloudy day, you'd be amazed at how much you actually produce. And every state has a certain amount of sunlight hours per, per year that you have to factor in to the annual production. So, you know, in our marketplace, what we do is we multiply the system size by one or 1 1.2. And that's how many kilowatt hours we get over the course of the year. So a 20 kW system, say it'll get 
20,000 kilowatt hours of production in, in a given year, all things, you know, being constant, right? So if your uh, annual consumption is 20,000 kilowatt hours a year, and you get a system size of 20 kW, then you could potentially have 100% offset. Now, you may not have 100% offset, or you definitely won't have 100% offset if that's the case all year round. You know, in the winter months, you'll be producing less. And in the late spring, early summer, early fall, you'll be producing more than you consume typically. You know, it costs a lot more to run your heat pump in the winter months. And it's also factoring in, you know, what, what's your heat source? Are you full electric? Do you have an electric heat pump? Or are you natural gas? Are you propane? Like oil? You know, you have to factor that in. If you're at 100% offset with the electricity you consume compared to produce with your solar system, but you have a gas furnace, then you're really not 100% offset once you turn that gas furnace into an electric heat pump. So you have to take that in consideration, not to mention your vehicles. If you have two vehicles that are internal combustion engines and you're going to eventually transition over to electric vehicles, you're going to be using a lot more electricity by charging those vehicles from your house. And depending on how much you drive, that could be a considerable amount. But those things have to be factored into the overall consumption as well. So whether you live in a cloudy area or a sunny area, there's other variables that go into that. And I would say, you know, don't be discouraged if you live in a place that, you know, is cloudier than in another part of the country. Because getting that solar, you're still going to see a decent amount of production, even on cloudy days. And it's going to be more than worth it, again, to secure some sort of production yourself, some sort of energy independence yourself. Because most people that are system sizing these days and have system sized over the last couple of decades, they didn't anticipate electric heat pumps, electric vehicles. So even though they may have been 100% offset in the years prior, in the future, they're probably not going to be 100% offset because of the requirement for more electricity consumption. Parts of my roof I know just don't see sun hardly ever. Can I just install solar roof on portions of my roof or do I have to do the full system overhaul? So you would have to replace the entire roof in many cases. Not the entire roof would get solar. If you have parts of your roof that are detached from the main roof, say, you could have accent materials like metal roofing, standing seam metal roofing. We see a lot of people do that on eyebrows or dormers that are detached from the roof, uh, porch roofs, shed roofs, type, those types of things. If the roof is um, attached, you know, to a valley or a hip or, you know, it's, it's together, so to speak, then you're going to want to replace that entirely with the solar roof that's integrated. It's not saying that you're going to put solar tiles, active tiles, on every single mounting plane or every single roof slope, but you want everything to be uniform and beautifully integrated. So the only situation where you wouldn't replace a section of roof is if it was completely detached, like a detached garage. You know, if you have a main house and a detached garage, you can replace the house roof with a Tesla solar roof. It'll look beautiful. And you don't have to touch the detached garage or the detached shed or the front porch if it's separated from the main house. But yes, you can't just tear off a little section of roof, install a Tesla solar roof, 
and then have the rest of the house that's attached to that section of roof be it you know a different material or asphalt or whatever like that just wouldn't make sense and it wouldn't look good either you wouldn't want to do that you've been listening to the american home contractors podcast you can find us across the web on youtube x tiktok and instagram at ahcdmv if you have an upcoming job or have any further questions about this or another product or service we offer please contact us at americanhomecontractors.com Thanks. We'll see you in the next one.